been roughly 48 hours since the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. And not coincidentally, Jack Johnson is still a champion. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Jack Johnson is one of the nicest, most humble, most well-mannered professional athletes I've ever covered. And I know you'll hear things like that a lot from different people who are in this industry. You'll never hear a negative syllable spoken about Jack. And I'm here to share, just on a personal level, that watching him raise that trophy after 17 years in the NHL, after he really wasn't sure he was going to play at all this season, after he went to Colorado's training camp looking for a contract, that's great stuff. It just is. And it's great on so, so, so many levels. For me, most of which don't actually involve the player. I'll admit that over the course of time, I've had an odd back and forth online relationship with the analytics community in any sport, beginning with baseball, where, of course, analytics really began to work their way into competition. And my issue with the baseball analytics at the time wasn't math. It wasn't whether or not something makes sense. It wasn't whether or not something can be useful. It wasn't whether or not something dispels old school myths. Analytics do all of that. My problem was the repeated use of the term objectivity, or objectively, this is how this player is doing. As if their view their construct was completely devoid of any bias or slant of any kind, which, of course, is ridiculous. When humans are doing math, they're still humans. And they're going to enter any equation with some sort of preconceived notion, unless they aren't humans. They're going to have some kind of data that they're hoping to acquire. That's just normal. And I'm talking about the best and the most truly objective among them. And what ended up happening with baseball analytics is two things. One, enough of their equations were exposed as being false or misleading or even, you know, biased at the outset that there was some industry pushback. And suddenly you started to see, hear, and read a lot more about general managers, including, by the way, the Pirates' Ben Charrington is saying that they value all forms of input, whether it's scouting, statistical, video work, mental work, and they try to call the best overall picture of a performance or a performer through that by just taking in everything. And it became a lot healthier for baseball. The second thing that happened is that baseball's data got a lot better, and that's what hockey's missing. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Hockey has all kinds of advanced analytics via fancy acronyms. However, at their root, almost without exception, is a single thing, a single act, and that's a shot on goal or an attempted shot on goal. All the other numbers come from that. Now, NHL coaches, NHL assistant coaches, NHL analytics departments, which are growing with every team, including the Penguins, who just keep expanding that department, and that's a great thing, produce their own figures that the public doesn't have access to. And in a lot of cases, they'll be coach-specific. Let's say that Mike Sullivan really, really values who goes into a 50-50 battle for a puck and comes away with it. And he can use that, even share it with the players to let them know, hey, by the way, uh, this guy over here, let's just throw out a name. Jason Zucker had a game where he was uh, four for five in going into the corners and coming out with the puck. And he can share that with everyone in the locker room. And go, hey, Jason, woohoo, yay, Zook, all right. And then that in turn emphasizes a point that he hopes to make on a repeated basis with his players. But for most of us, for those of us who aren't in with those 32 teams in their analytics departments, what's available, please pardon my bluntness here, it's crap. It's just shots on goal and shot attempts. And it's dressed up as if it's you know, X, G, F, percent, Y, whatever else. It's just shots on goal and shot attempts at its root. How many were taken at what end? How many were taken at the other end? How many were taken from in tight? How many were taken? They don't even right now offer to you velocity, quality, trajectory, the pass that led to it. They don't offer quality of touches, which, by the way, is available in soccer. And it's a beautiful number. It just means, well, exactly what it sounds like. When you touch the puck, even if it's just a one dinky redirect to spring somebody through the neutral zone, you could have a grade A touch there. But that's not available to anyone to track unless, you know, you're a weirdo and something you're just sitting home and writing all this stuff down instead of watching and enjoying the game. There's no access to it. There's no information. And yet, and yet, despite that, and despite these being very smart, legitimately smart people who are engaged in hockey analytics, and I know and respect a lot of them, Everyone felt completely comfortable burying Jack while he was in Pittsburgh. He became not just the principal target of the analytics people in Pittsburgh. He became a cross-continent thing. The entire analytics community ended up citing Jack Johnson as if he was the worst player in the league. Well, guess what? Jack Johnson just won a championship as a regular contributing member to the best team roster in the world. He was selected 
to be on that team by Joe Sackick, who is receiving endless praise right about now, and actually has been for a while, for the way he's not only collected talent, but also made sure that he had players who fit certain roles and who contributed to chemistry. Because you know what? All of that stuff matters too. You can roll your eyes at it because there isn't an equation for it just yet. Maybe someday there will be. Maybe someday there will be. And when there is, they're going to be able to look back at the 2021-22 Colorado Avalanche and say, who was this guy? And why was everybody upset about him? When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Ed Severson, who says, Watching Game 6 and seeing Jack Johnson win the Stanley Cup made me sick. All I could think about was how DK was going to say what a great guy he was and how he deserved it. Plain and simple, he stunk. I don't care if you like the guy and he gave you great interviews or not. He was a pylon on the ice. The fact that the Penguins are paying him to go away says it all. Well, Ed, the first question I have back is whether or not you're available for parties. The second response I have is that the Penguins did, in fact, pay and are continuing to pay to not have him because they felt that he was a burden on their salary cap and didn't fit in. And as Jim Rutherford had expressed at around that time, he was frustrated because he felt that Jack didn't get a fair shake from Pittsburgh's hockey fans and can't imagine where he would have gotten that notion. As for the rest of this, dude, it's just sports. I don't want to get into the habit of, you know, lying people down on a couch here, you know, waving a, a watch in front of them to try to calm them down. That was a really good Game 6. That was a really good Stanley Cup Final. And Jack winning a cup after 17 years in the NHL and after all the personal problems that you know he had with his parents and everything else, and I'm sure you're aware of those, that's a really good story, man. That's just a good human story. Eric Johnson, other defenseman on the team and no relation, the former number one overall pick. He'd been with the Avs for 12 years. They had five guys on that team. And Johnson, Eric Johnson, was obviously one of them, who were part of the NHL's very worst team just five years earlier. At one point after the celebrations had quelled down on the ice in Tampa, the two Johnsons, again, not related, Eric and Jack, went to one end of the rink to just take a photo, selfie, of themselves to remember the moment. The five guys, including Eric Johnson, and we're talking about some good players here, Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, these guys met in the middle of the rink to take a picture of themselves just as a group of five so they could commemorate what they had come from. These are good stories, happy stories, uplifting stories. If you're watching that, and that made you unhappy because of what I would say on a podcast as if I'm important, 
Wow, man. Start over, you know, hit the reset button. Find something that lifts your spirits a little bit because maybe, maybe following sports isn't it. I appreciate the question anyway, I think. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one of these tomorrow. 